Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. Yo, what's up, guys? And Anna. Hey. <coughs> Hello, everybody. No, just kidding. I don't know what to say. It's so awkward. All right, we'll leave that in. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there are a few ways that you can do that. One of those ways is with Patreon. For only $5 a month, we're going to give you extra episodes. Um, we release them once a week to go along with our regular episode. Uh, we have a backlog of episodes for you. Like today, we did. It's a heavy one, guys, but we did the Columbine shooting. Uh, we also have Dreams and the Clinton body count. And we did a Thoughts and Theories episode last week that was awesome. You guys have got to check it out. But if you maybe don't want another episode of us a week, Dan has a w another way to support. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. If you go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button, or go to theoriesofthethirdkindshop.com, then you can see all the merchandise we have for sale. We have t-shirts, hat, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. I know that things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership but you want to support us, you can leave us a written review on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. If you don't want to leave one, though, eh, that's cool. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also. Real quick, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can click the voicemail button to the right and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it each week. So, with that being said, today's episode is Thoughts and Theories Thursday. If this is your first time hearing one of our Thoughts and Theories episodes, then you are in for a treat, because this is how it goes. We each pick out our favorite theory of the week, and we research it, but we don't tell each other what the theory is. So it's all a surprise, and uh, then we all discuss it together. So, with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Who wants to start first? I will say I don't normally volunteer to go first, but because we ended the Columbine episode starting to tap into what mine is going to be, Maybe if we started Ooh. this one, it can, yes. people will be like, what was she talking about, Columbine? And then it's like, boom, she's going to explain it right now. Oh. Yeah, right on. And I can't lie, I'm nervous. I get better once we get in, but at least we got one under our belt. Okay. <laughs> so, brought to you by remote viewing, I'm going to talk to you guys about hemp sync. Have you ever heard of this? No. What is that? What is that? Some cannabis company? Ooh, no. So this guy called Robert Monroe, he came up with this technique which uses tones played through headphones that influence the listener to have an out-of-body experience. 
It's super interesting. Honestly, this really goes in line with kind of how I see the world as frequencies and stuff. So the deeper we get into this, there are some interesting things and I might have to change my life after learning about this. That's how crazy it was in my world. May not hit you guys the same way. All right, so take this moment, get your bowl, light it up, take a couple hits, relax, and just hear me out because I'm going to talk about things that I never even learned about till this. And I got all of this information besides like referencing things. But like, if you really want a scientific man with an accent telling you the same thing, I'm going to link you that article. It's a 20 minute video. Change your life. I'll change your life first, but then he'll make it like solidified. So Robert Monroe came up with this and it worked so well that it actually caught the CIA's attention. Of course it did. To use it for mind control. Yes. So in 2017, papers were declassified showing the plans for Project Gateway, which used participants to travel through the dimensions and find answers while they were there. So Robert was at the forefront for this technique, and it all came to him because when he was 43, so not even early in life, but yeah, 43 years old, he started feeling this vibration in his chest. And the only thing that seemed to relieve the vibration was when he laid down. He would have this feeling a couple times a week. When he'd lie down, it would lead him to having an out-of-body experience. So the first time, he thought he was dying. And he fought it and returned back to his body. Which is, I would believe, a pretty normal reaction to your first time trying to, like, astroplane. And he wasn't trying to do this, right? No, initially, like, it wasn't something like he researched. He just felt these feelings one day, started realizing that when he would go to lay down and sleep, when he had those feelings, he would have these lucid dream and transcend past that. And, and, and what year was this in? 1978 is when the, pro- the CIA project comes about. All right. Fearing something was wrong with him, he went to doctors and doctors basically said, dude, you're fine. You have nothing wrong with you. You're just having some crazy dreams or whatnot, but healthy, completely healthy. So he continued having these experiences and figured if it wouldn't kill him, then maybe he shouldn't return to his body so fast. So every time he went into one of these, it's called a focus level, and we'll get into that in a minute, but every time he goes into a focus level, he starts to learn to relax to get there better. So he actually dedicated his life and career to his studies, where him and a team came up with Hemisync. And like I mentioned earlier, it uses the tones and frequencies to help tune us to different phases of -of out-of-body experiences. So you can go to the Monroe Institute and take classes to become more efficient in traveling. Wait, in astral traveling? Yes. Whoa. Have you taken any of these? Uh, so last night when I went to bed, I tried to do, uh, because you, it's a program you have to buy. So I did some searching, found some people who uploaded, there's like a 30 or 40 minute video. And I think you really have to have headphones on because I had it next to me and it just, if I, I turned my head when I sleep and it just wasn't right. So I was actually disappointed. I forgot my headphones because I thought, you know what, tonight I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. But yeah, I unfortunately didn't get to try it uh, to the full effect, but I am 100% going to start doing this because 
this would be something I'd want to do to a certain level, but once we get deep into this, there's a certain level I'm not going to want to pass. So let me link this picture real quick. This is um, the changing of phases kind of like diagram that they show. All right, so we're going to get into some sciencey sounding stuff. I'm going to do my best to make it palatable. So bear with me, guys. So what is consciousness? It's intelligent, energetic waveforms of awareness. It's the energy source that animates the human body. We are conscious having a human body experience. When we sleep, we achieve a version of this. Robert Monroe has mapped out the different locations, calling them focus levels, like I mentioned earlier. So focus one is right now. You listening to this podcast, living this life right now. It's the level of just being awake. Bell Laboratories found out that the third dimension functions on a wavelength of 7.23 centimeters. And this is the frequency that we live on right now. Okay, so we're going to play that sound right now. I could hear it. I could hear it. Yeah, with your headphones, you could hear it. But um, it might but it might have been the next dimension that I couldn't hear with my headphone without my headphones on. If you want to hear it now, so later we don't have to. What you're going to hear is another octave of us, which is another reality of us that, that goes on the frequency of 3.61 centimeters on a wavelength. And we'll play that right now. Yeah, I can hear that one. That one sucks. Uh -huh. So the first one, would you say it was almost pleasant to listen to? Yes, absolutely. Very pleasant. Especially compared to that second one. The second one was not pleasant at all. No. Do you think that maybe that was is a soothing sound to us because that is home? That is what we are we gravitate to like when we go to dream world and we always come back to this body. Is it because no matter where we go through all the unknown, as long as we listen and feel for the tone of home, it will lead us there. Yeah. I mean it makes sense. It just came to me right now. Not going to lie. That's not even in my writing. <laughs> the universe and me are BFFs. We speak together. We love each other. All right, so like I said, that sound is soothing. So what they found is that means we are located in the ninth octave of harmonic universe, which means the third dimension has a simultaneous existence of third octaves above us which exist on shorter wavelengths. It sounds incomprehensible, but we also exist within these octaves. However, for our experience, we are in the 7.23 centimeter wavelength, as you heard before. So you mean like parallel universes? Yes. With us being there, like in the other ones? Yeah, and I think like this may explain a lot of deja vu and, and understanding like, we are living different lives, and when we pass in this one, we I believe we transition to the next one almost flawlessly. Like, we may not come in a life at the beginning of it. Maybe you die suddenly, and you have to transition to this next life to be ready to do the next part of your journey. Like, maybe 
when I think of myself who I was 20 years ago isn't actually the person that's in this reality right now because that person shifted to another one. And that's why I like feel like I'm not, the, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. What this basically means is there are good and bad events that resonate with this wavelength. And as we mentioned, there are many dimensions above and below. Since they exist, exist simultaneously, it isn't technically above or below. It's just perspective for our human minds. For example, if we were to jump into the next 10th octave of the third dimension, which is a less dense space, the wavelength would function at 3.61 centimeters. And then that's what you guys heard earlier, the high-pitched sound. Okay. That's not pleasant. I'd want to get out of there. That's where the reptilians are at. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, okay. They're deeper than that. Oh. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. We'll, we'll talk to them about them, but that's like fifth dimension stuff. So let's learn a little bit about Focus 10. That's the level of mind awake, body asleep. If you have ever had sleep paralysis, this would be that focus state. For those that don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's when your mind becomes awake and alert before your body does, and you often feel like something is on top of you, pinning you down. Oftentimes, people think they're being suffocated or having a nightmare in those moments. That feeling, my friends, is actually the threshold of your consciousness about to leave your body, and it's going to advance to the next focus level. However, we panic because our breath is still slow and shallow, we often think a monster is on top of us trying to kill us while we're stuck in this state. So it doesn't allow us to get past that level of focus and, and we retreat to our bodies. So I have a thought on that about what if that is a defense mechanism? What if the people behind this universe, the they, the subspace beings, the reptilian lizards, even deeper than them, they don't want to make it easy to get into that world. So you have to be calm in yourself as a person and trust the unknown to accept that that is not death that is happening to you in your sleep paralysis moment, that you're not going to die, that you could stay calm in an intense moment to leave your body. So that's like a scare tactic to not allow us to get past that. That's why everyone snaps out of it every time they start to have it until they learn to get past it. Just a thought I had while writing this. It would be a good, um, I guess you could say roadblock, right? Yeah. It, it would be a good, a good roadblock to where they aren't allowing you to transcend into something that your mind is not capable of understanding, I guess you could say. Right. And I, I did learn that not everyone's at the same level. So we all have our potential of how far we can go in the afterworld. And I think it has something to do with progression in our lives as we are as, as beings. You know, we're always trying to better ourselves. And if uh, there's stuff I'm going to get into in a bit, and I don't want to like spoil it. But if you leave this earth on bad terms or in bad mental state, you take that with you afterwards. And so you need to like get your shit in order in this world before you pass over. And I don't mean financials. I'm talking about you as a person. Yeah, your inner, your inner self. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that in a bit. So although you may be scared in that moment and you're wanting to snap back to focus one, if you can relax and get past that fear, you can actually go past to focus 10 of starting to leave your body. From that point, you will enter 
Focus 12. What's in Focus 12? Man, so Focus 12 is a place where you might have been if you've had lucid dreams. This is where you'll go into the fourth dimension, also known as the astral plane. It is made up of lower, mid, and higher fourth densities. Here in this place, like attracts like, and thought becomes action or creation. From Focus 12, uh, Focus 28 is the location of the fourth dimension. We're going to focus numbers are interesting, but I'm just going to keep them going. You guys bear with me. I'm going to do my best to keep them all situated. So we're going to go to focus 15, which is known as no time consciousness. Here is what they refer to as remote viewing. This in particular is what the CIA was interested in. And that's what they use for their experiments in the future. And I'll go over that a bit shortly, but I mean, they do go to other dimensions and whatnot, but remote viewing was their primary use. In the documents that I'll link uh, that have the declassified information, its basic definition for remote viewing states, accessing information without the use of the normal five senses, information from other people, direct connective implementation of electronic or other devices. The ultimate goal from this experiment was to use it for spying purposes. So in our dreams episode, we go over lucid dreaming. And I learned that achieving that was focus level 15. Once you're at focus level 15, if you can dissolve your dream and see the full potential of your focus level at no time consciousness, you will be able to visit any point in history past, present, or future. Though, the future does seem to be harder to visit, and it takes more discipline and focus to achieve this. So let's move to focus 21. This is the edge of the space-time continuum, aka state 4 deep sleep. This is where you enter the, 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 your deepest part of your sleep. If you're able to travel to focus 21 without falling asleep, you will have an out-of-body experience and going to far other energy systems. Your mind will be fully aware and conscious. You may feel sleep paralysis when you phase rapidly from phase 21 to phase 10 while waking up. I wonder if smoking DMT automatically gets you to level 21. Ooh, so you just skip, to skip phase. You skip all phases. It takes you right to the ultimate phase. That's interesting. You then may transition to focus 22. This is where you begin to dream. And this generally occurs around 90 minutes of earth time of being at focus 21. Have you guys ever had a dream that you were flying? This is us becoming aware that we're out of our body. Uh, This is what is happening in focus 22 of the dream state. Dreaming is not the only level of consciousness you can achieve at level 22. It is the border of life and death that is where the saying, sleep is the cousin of death, came from. Our focus levels will start adjoining, and once you physically die in this world, you stay beyond focus 22 and go into other focus levels. When people say they see that white light or the white death tunnel, this is happening in focus 22. If you've ever had a near-death experience, um, you've probably seen this white light. What you're seeing is 
synaptic activity collapsing within the brain as we detach from the physical plane permanently. It is a transitional stage for the subspaces of the fourth dimension. There are more states of consciousness in Focus 22. They co-phase with the state of mind. I'll give you some examples of co-phasing. When you're drinking or doing drugs, you are co-phased between Focus 1, right now, and Focus 22, that dream state. When you're tripping, it's because you're going between the third and fourth dimension. So like you said, Aaron, maybe it helps you skip those first levels and go right to the part that you would get to if you could meditate to it. If you have a drug addiction or alcohol, you are constantly fighting between focus one and focus 22. With using Hemisync, they were able to alleviate symptoms by making the patient bring their attention to this focus one and becoming more coherent. That Hemispeak or whatever, that's the frequency thing, right? Hemisync, yeah. It's hemi hemisphere syncing. It, it synchronizes both of sides of your brain. Okay. Ooh. So I don't know if I've talked on air about my thoughts about um, possible mental disease, dimensional connections. I know we've talked off air about it, but going with dementia and whatnot, like schizophrenia or multiple personalities, I have this just this thought of what if these people, we label them as crazy or quote unquote crazy because we don't understand them. But really what is happening is that they are stuck between our reality and a different reality, a different universe. And you may, they may say they're hearing voices because they are stuck hearing and talking to people in their other reality, but their physical body is stuck here right now. Um, and like also the multiple personalities that different uh, parallel universes of you are stuck to one body form. And so maybe you're living different parts of your life through one lifetime because everyone was congregated to that energy source at that time. I don't know. So focus 23 is the place immediately after death. This level has people who have recently physically left existence. They are either unaware of this or cannot become free from their previous ties on Earth, and not being able to adapt to the transition. So, Focus 24 is a place of total responsibility. For what one is literally creating, it's populated with consciousness of former humans who are stuck in non-moral material-based behavioral problems, which prevents them from realizing crucial aspects about the nature of reality and moving on to the upper levels. So how do the reptilians get become a part of this? They're in, they get to level five, and they're the most commonly seen beings when you go into level to the fifth dimension. How do you get to the fifth dimension? A couple more focuses. Who, who is this doctor guy coming up with the How many fucking focuses is there? Goddamn! Is he <laughs> like so going back each time? Levels. He's like, he's like, fuck, man! I got fucking twenty <laughs> more focuses. One. It's like, yes, goddamn dude, man. <laughs> there couldn't be like three levels and then you call it good because then you'd have so many subcategories in those subcategories because if there is an infinite amount of, of variations of the worlds that we live in and the realities around us, whatever, whatever, we would have to have so many different levels of focus. And I don't, he doesn't have like focus level 400. It doesn't go like that high, but okay. this is. It's, I promise. I know. I told you it was going to be meaty. This is like 
Sasquatch beef stick meaty. Yeah, this could have been a whole solo episode. You weren't lying. I told We're you. Like, this I, is, I, I, and I thought my 20 minute long Adolf Hitler rant was long. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Dan? I was like, man, I that do. 20 minute thing long. That was, that was me. We could have maybe done an episode over that. <laughs> this, I'm like, this definitely could have been an episode on its own. The thing is, is that it still can be because I have so much more to dig into of like people that they talk about and well, how, mu- more about how much them. more do you have oh no like that's what i didn't do i oh I put, okay um, all right let me see let's be like part one of your theories thursday or like part two <laughs> i'm just well, kidding. I, I warned you man i told you <laughs> can you imagine him first explaining it to somebody and they're like how many fucking focus <laughs> levels are you going down doctor so i'm going down all of them i'm, I'm going down all of them I didn't know how to like take some out because I feel like each level is needed. Yeah, you have to talk about all of his focus levels. How many total uh, is there? Twenty-eight. Okay. Well, see, that's not that. I'll take more like a hundred focus levels. Ugh. Two hours later, focus level seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on the reptilians yet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I'm just playing with you. I love the topic. I'm lo- I love the topic. <laughs> All right. I know. Like I said, it was to the point of no return where I'd already like realized too late that this was a 12 page document. And I was like, oh, my God, guys. So you wrote 12 pages. I did. I'm sorry. We're on. Oh, man. How many you have, Dan? Three. Oh, I got three as well. <laughs> oh, my God. We're on 10. I told Aaron, I was like, yeah, I have a, at the time I had 3,300 words. He's like, oh, it's not bad. And I was like, 11 pages. And he's like, what the? Yeah, I was like, what the? <laughs> Damn. But uh, there are pictures, so I think that might make it seem longer. Okay. Haha. <clears throat> <clears throat> gotcha. Let's get back to work here. So, Focus 25 is the middle area of the belief system's territory. This is the expression of the major organized religious beliefs in recent human history. If we go to Focus 26... That's the lost area in the belief system's territory. This is where all consciousness who were formerly religious will gather until they become more aware of more beyond their self-imposed beliefs. So those are the belief system territories that were created based on human thought form of what most religions believe is afterwards. So we're almost to the end of these focus levels, guys. I got two more. Focus 27 is at the edge of human thought capacity. It is also referred to as the park or Summerland. If you reach Summerland, that's the highest level of human spiritual achievement in the afterlife. Beyond this, you dissolve the astral body and go beyond human thought forms. You are no longer bonded to human form. You go into energy systems beyond what we can comprehend. Sounds like a good place. Yeah, it sounds like Nirvana. It does. And lastly here, we have Focus 28. It is a natural bridge zone buffer area. It's beyond space and time in human form. Here you experience things beyond human thought. After Focus 28, you go into the fifth dimension. And that is what a lot of the CIA experiments with Robert Monroe do. And, and the creature they saw most often, they refer to as the alligators. The reptilians. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's, he calls them the alligators. We call them reptilians today. Yeah. Well, alligator. It kind of looks like the guy off of, uh, if you're wondering what he looks like, you ever seen the movie, uh, what's that movie with Will Smith and 
Jared Leto's that bad Joker. Like, he's horrible Joker. Oh. Suicide Squad. Yeah, kind of like on Suicide Squad, how they got that sewer guy, that lizard sewer I never guy. I saw that. Oh, my God. Uh, the croc guy? Croc guy, yeah. That's, that's what it looks like. Basically like a lizard person. And I do have pictures of what they look like. Yeah, and we'll, we'll post these pictures up on our, you go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on this episode and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see pictures and links for Anna's topic. So most of the exper- experiments that they did do, though, were at that focus level 15, which is when you dissolve just past your lucid dream and do the remote viewing. And this is the CIA, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So speaking of them, we're going to talk about their declassified documents that referred to Project Gateway. So in 1978, someone from the CIA contacted Robert Monroe to help with this project. Monroe agreed and started helping the military as well. The U.S. military carried out many different projects using uh, Monroe's technique. The Gateway program, as mentioned earlier, was uh, created by him and his team, and the declassified documents explains the physics behind interdimensional astral projection as engaged by the military. So like we said, we'll attach pictures for that. It explains how the universe is in the shape of a torus. And it's being created by black and white holes. And how the universe is a holograph made of 12 to 15 dimensions which our consciousness interacts with. So wait, so was this Dr. Monroe pushing his focus theory up on the CIA? Or was it the CIA that concluded this? Well, the CIA contacted him about it. So they knew of it. And then maybe with just hearing what your capabilities were, they realized what they can do with that technology. And then they're like, we need to call this guy and say, hey, uh, we want to use what you know and try to do some remote viewing. Teach us. Teach us. Teach us, old remote viewer. Teach us. (laughs) Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Notice me, remote viewer. Notice me. Notice me, CIA. Don't notice oh, me, CIA. <laughs> nah, I don't give a shit. They're already probably already spying on all of us, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There was another project called Stargate. Have you heard of that? Project, project Stargate. Stargate, Wait. where they found that oh, yeah. uh, Stargate on, uh, by Saddam Hussein? Negative. This one is, it actually describes the findings of Project Gateway. So, it... In 1995, declassified documents came out for this. And this was the secret army unit established in 1978 with the Gateway Project. There was a document uncovered titled Mars Exploration, May 22nd, 1984. A man by the name of Joseph McMoneagle, under Robert Monroe's guidance, traveled the Focus 15, where Monroe gave him coordinates to Mars and told him to observe a time of a million years ago. What he said he saw were humanoid creatures, quote, tall, very large people, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height, and they dress like in, oh hell, it's like a a light silk, but it's not the flowing type. It's cut to fit. Move closer to one of them, uh, he was told. Move closer to one of them and, and ask to tell you about themselves. They are ancient people. They are dying. It's past their time or age. When asked to go into more detail about this, he says, quote, They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive 
and they just can't. He found evidence of giant structures and pyramids on the surface and underneath in ca caverns. He also describes seeing machines on the surface and under. In uh, November 1986, a remote viewing subject was sent to Saturn's moon Titan and reported seeing a base on Titan's surface. And listen to this. On the base, to the viewer's astonishment, all operators were identical to human beings. She observed two young, healthy males working on a control panel, supervised by an attractive female. The document didn't give the time that this uh, observation was taking place, but you're telling me that we're doing that something as a species on uh, Saturn? Does that not tie into my thought about us all being farmed on other planets to be put on Earth as a test planet? Yeah, it does. Dang. I know. I'm gonna be, I feel like this episode ties so much of my own personal thoughts and stuff together. It's a great way to start first month of our season, man. Yeah, definitely. So the part you've all been waiting for, dimensional beings. Yes. Yeah. I know. So though she wasn't found on the release documents as being a test subject, Fiona Barnett claimed to be an experiment subject of the Gateway Project. She says that while in her astral plane state, she was guided to visit the hellish realms. These can be found in the lower areas of the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension is the emotional realm where thought becomes creation. That means a place exists for every one of their personal heaven health. That means if you focus on hell after death, that is where you will go because you are drawn to that energy. We will be forced to repeat destructive behaviors in hell and it is filled with our own personal worst fears. With this being a shared belief place, we can group together to experience a bonded belief and suffer in this realm together. That would be that focus level 24. If you look at a 3D version of Earth with the dimensions around it, it's like layers. The fourth dimension is located where the, the Van Allen radiation belt is. Fiona Barnett claims while there, she was instructed to talk to fourth dimensional beings. So I wonder if you went... Well, we couldn't go to that place if you would find things there. The, the Van Allen radiation belt. You'd be fried. Well, we have, we have Montauk chairs. You're going to tell me that we can't find some protective equipment to go visit this radiation belt? You are... A, you Tell me the, the exposure, Mr. Nuclear Man. I, I don't know what off the top of my head, but Dan, we're going to have to look into that, see if we can build some type of, you know, protective layer over over the Montauk chairs. So Robert actually talks about how there are various fourth dimensional beings. He says that most common, the most common one was the alligator people. They have an intelligence level equal to or superior to us. We would probably refer to them as reptilians, like we said, but um, it's believed that the reptilians live by feeding off of us in the third dimension. Monroe claims that in Focus 15, he traveled to different Earth timelines and witnessed these entities seed human life on Earth, creating the, the current human species solely for the best energy for them to feed off of. That's something that we've talked about. That's some Matrix type shit, man. Mm -hmm. According to Courtney M. Brown, he's got a PhD 
Gotta be a little smart, I think. So, uh, he was trained by Ed Dames, who was a former remote viewer for the military. They claim to have traveled to the first lower tones of the fourth dimension. The wavelength is estimated to be between minus 7.25 to minus 10.86. Here's where you could find the greys and the reptilians. Courtney claimed that he tracked down the source of the hive mind of the greys. He also claims that they use a hive mind consciousness, meaning one viewpoint is all viewpoints. He followed this collective... Oh, you got something to say? Go say it. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So he followed this collective mind, um, or you might call it the thought flow, and found it to be absolutely massive. He found what he called a, a sense or a heartbeat of the massive thought flow. He saw a steady stream of information flowing from it being passed to the greys. He ended up seeing other interdimensional beings directing the activities of the greys. He felt the greys' bodies were incarnated by such subspace beings. They entered the greys and then used them as a vessel to manipulate physical reality. Maybe that's what AI is. Maybe AI has disguised itself as aliens. Because how we're afraid of robots? But aliens would intrigue us more. So that would be the best way for AI to take over. If they came in as aliens... And they were actually truly robots. And then you find out they're so smart, it's because they're actually AI. And they tricked us because they know we would be more susceptible to learning from aliens and letting them on the planet rather than robots. Robots, ah, well, we don't trust them. Aliens, we do. Whew. Dude, that sounds exactly right. The way that it was described, it 100% made me think of, now that you say it, the computer system, the thought, the, the core of it is sending information for everybody else to receive and do their deed that needs to be done. So Courtney was instructed to keep looking for other beings and he traveled and saw many other subspace. He kept following the path that led him to a place where there was a lot of activity and even more subspace beings. And it seemed to be the main area of these entities. In another area, he counted a council of 10 very high-level subspace entities congregated who apparently governed the principalities who are engaged in running the whole operation. So this was where the information was coming from, which was in control of the Grey's Hive Mind Collective. I like it's like a really good sci-fi book. Does. You sure this it Dr. Does. Monroe just didn't make this shit up for his sci-fi book that he was releasing in like a couple of years? No, he's been doing this retreat thing still to this day. I mean, you could buy his program and all that oh, stuff fuck. to Come do it, now. but you could find anything on the internet. <laughs> That's right. I forgot he did that program. Yeah. Man. So um, my last thing I have here. Courtney even believes he came across what he perceived as the supreme leader of the Council of Ten. At this point, Courtney comes back to his body and explains what he saw and says he felt that the being was full of darkness. Yes. Oh, so, that's not good. Dude, uh -oh. I know. And so that, that's kind of what made me think about Dylan Klebold and the Columbine thing where he was in his writings. He talks a lot about reality and being different dimensions. And he was like way, quote unquote, wise beyond his years for thinking of the world in a different place, but he was so negative that maybe he did, like, 
travel to other he had lucid dreams and then he traveled past that and then was tainted by the darkness of the evil and was sent on a mission by those ai beings to attack the school do you think that's what happens to all people that tend to go insane and do these shootings that they get tainted by this darkness that that's what evil is it is it is this darkness that taints you it's something fun to think about, I guess. Well, not fun, but it's something to think about. It is. I don't know if you remember me telling you how when I'd lay in bed at night sometimes, I would hear this tone play in my head. Oh. And it was the same <laughs> It was the same tone every time I heard it. And when I did this, it made me think maybe that I was hearing these tones as a signal to tell me that I need to come talk to somebody in my dreams. Like, I need to go visit this frequency because I could hear this tone so well. It wasn't a ringing. It, yeah, it just wasn't a ringing. It was a certain, it was a frequency that I was tuning in at. And I was like, maybe it's my TV that's turned off or something. But it doesn't happen all the time. You're getting called up by Ashtar Intergalactic Command See? in the next dimension. Alien hybrid. I'm a humanoid, I guess. You your real parents are, or your dad is pinging you. Ding, ding. Find my iPhone. Where is this bitch? She's stuck in <laughs> 7.23 again? Oh my gosh. Oh man. You guys, I love you all for sitting through that. There was no way I can cut pieces of that, and that should have been a full episode, but it was past the point of no return, and I just had to keep going. I hope you loved me. I'm not a scientist, guys. I just speak from my mind and research. Mm. Nice. Understood. Well, thank you for your theory today, Anna. It was well-received. You are most welcome. And well-researched. You did a great job. Very well-researched. I'm proud of you. So, Dan, what do you have for us today for your theory? It is called the Suki Project, and it actually talks, I guess you could say it's kind of like a dimensional type talk as well, except it's not as elaborate as... Anna's. This okay. one's more, yeah, it's a little bit more simplistic. And I want to, sadly, I want to say that this was probably based off an anime that some guy watched. The more I read into it, then I think they created a game with it as well. But it became like a really big thing, though. So have y'all ever heard of the Suki Project, though? No, I've never heard of it. No. I'll briefly go into what it is. This project was based on the belief that we are part of what is known as the system space. We are just one of many systems in the system space. Ours is, of course, called life. Now, system space is a Aurorac construct made to unit all systems, thus allowing them to create, you know, pretty much uh, it's made to unit all systems and it allows the system space to create good memories. And the system space, it contains every system, including our current one life. And then the next system that we will be going to when our system unlinks, which is called LFE 2.0. So Aurora is the purest form of energy, which is what the system space runs off of. All the systems run off of Aurora energy, but it's also considered to be an entity that can behave as a self-replicating computer and capable of acting on its own desires. AI, tell you motherfucking AI. Now, the only way for you to continue on to the next system after you pass away was to sign up on their website through the representative Suki. He was assigned to deal with the registration on this system. He was not allowed to give specific information concerning if system space or that life will be deleted, but he was the only human with this known knowledge. It's interesting. Like, I read this, it's just like, what the hell? That's a good selling point for our Patreon. 
You want to go to the afterlife? You can sign up, okay? Yeah. Hey, do you remember that family that had the, tried to sell the tickets to heaven? There was a family that was trying to put an ad out selling tickets to heaven. Oh, my God. I want to, I want to sell Bigfoot rape insurance. Oh, God. You have to He's- provide semen that's verified the <laughs> unknown DNA. Oh, gosh. But uh, so from what I read, you have to sign up before the unlinked date. Now, if you did not sign up before the date, your soul would be lost along with your memories personalities and traits so when you move on to the next life if you didn't sign up you receive a pretty much a whole new soul and you would not be you so by signing up it would allow your soul and all your personalities and stuff to go with you to the next life you just have a different body so it's like a save point exactly (laughs) now as i was saying you know this probably came this guy i guess they based it off of i guess an anime and then it was like made into a game so i'm guessing this is you know this is kind of like a gamer's heaven right now. But uh, after the system is unlinked from system space, it will no longer be supplied Aurora energy and will be, be deleted 150 years from the unlinked date. So pretty much, you know, this system is pretty much using up the stored Aurora energy that it has now. And then pretty much when it runs out, it will be unlinked from system space. So on when that unlink happens, they pretty much cut the electricity off on it. But there's like a some of these companies that are with it. I don't know if they're like real big companies. I didn't look into the companies. But you have the Suki company, which the guy was a representative of. Then you got Risen. Then you got Endymion, Synapse, and Key, which these companies were supposed to collaborate to preserve the culture of life before the unlink or what they like to also refer to as the purging of it from system space. So with that being said, the in the unlinked date, the first unlinked date was set for July 1st of 2017. Interesting. Well, I guess, guess nothing really happened from it. Did then, we have uh, any weird events on that date? Any earthquakes? Uh, power outages? Not, nothing that I really found. But, you know, then they made a correction. The new date was set for July 1st of 2167. So 2167. So that's a little bit further. Yeah, Yeah, big difference. So, you know, these dates were set because of the overuse of the Aurora that life has been using. But I'm guessing that they miscalculated how much energy the world was using, which it kind of goes in hand in hand. I guess you say the Aurora energy with uh, the natural resources of Earth. They kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Oh, I could see that. It's like the karma balance and karmic balance. Yeah. So the type kind of universe that system space life is the one way they... The Tsuki guy described it. He said that think of it uh when you pass on where you're at, you're at like a hyperdimensional server room where I guess they have a bunch of systems listed, but you're only able to I guess go on to the next one. So pretty much you're we're in a bunch of servers right now. Ours is life. So it is a simulation. That's what it's starting to seem like. And then uh our our system is considered to be a block system where it has n- had no connection to any other system. Like you couldn't communicate with any other system at all. Pretty much we were like kind of singled out because it was meant to be a peaceful system. So I'm guess I'm going to assume that all the other systems right now are fucking warring with each other or something. So the next system you go to, it's probably going to be hell. <laughs> oh, God. That's what it's like sounding to me anyways. So but uh, then like the next one we're supposed to go to is called System LFE 2.0. So pretty much if you uploaded or if you signed up on the website, your soul is pretty much being uploaded to the new system when you pass on. 
How much do you have to pay for this? You don't have to pay anything. Oh, I thought you had to pay to be a member to have your Man, that is a really good way to, for them to get your email address. Huh? <laughs> That's email marketing 101. Uh, yeah, so pretty much you didn't sign up. You lose your soul and all that. But if you sign up, you at least keep your soul and go on to next life. You know, being you. So then what happens to me if I don't sign up and I'm not me? Where does the me go? It is deleted. Deleted. Yeah, well, they, pretty sucks. much they say your soul is lost and it's deleted after 150 years of the energy running out or something. I must have been a cheap bitch and not paid for that protection. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I looked to try to see what happens with, it, like, what happened to Suki in the system space crap. And I did find one Reddit post that a guy was talking about it. And then someone replied to it. Supposedly, he was a former member of it. And, like, supposedly there's a bunch of other sites that kind of, like, try to take over for it. Pretty much continue the work. But they pretty much had, I don't think they really had anything to do with Suki. So they just tried to continue it. But then that person was just like, also, Suki and the project were terminated, a.k.a. banned by the FBI. So pretty much the FBI got involved with this and shut it down. Because it seems like they actually became almost like a cult. They actually had a lot of members. Well, FBI government wasn't getting their cut. That's the why it's all about money, man. FBI wasn't getting their cut. Now, there was one thing, though, because people were just like, you know, okay, so if we sign up, we end up going to like this server room to pretty much wait for the next system to start. So if I go ahead and end my life right now, can I just go ahead and, you know, advance to the next system pretty much? No. No. They were just like, remember we were talking about Aurora Energy and all that for good memories. They're like, suicide was a no-go because that's bad memory right there. You're not taking that with you to the next system. So if you commit suicide, it's a no. Your soul's not being going over and all that because you're bringing bad bad juju over pretty much. I mean, that sounds exactly like what I just went over with. If you have mental issues, like, uh, yeah. yeah, if you have negative feelings in life, you can't progress. You just repeat. That's These are somehow one. connected. Yeah, mine is like not connected at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's me and Dan were on the same wavelength this week. I was not on the same wavelength at all. I just I just figured for my theory, honestly, it was a gamer guy that started something off of either anime or something he watched because the idea sounds good for any gamer, you know, pretty much like you said, on a save point to go on to the next life or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are other like minded people like that, that, you know, play games and stuff and think, you know, that's a cool idea. And, you know, not everyone believed that this was real, but the idea was cool. So they end up signing on the site anyways. Now. Suki, on the other hand, he was a firm believer in it, and he wanted everyone to believe it. So pretty much, I think it ended up becoming sort of like a cult, and I guess that's why the FBI decided to shut it down. Do you think that's similar to people signed up, even if they didn't believe in it, kind of like those Facebook posts where it's like, uh, copy and paste this image and your information won't be taken, uh, you're protected on Facebook's new policy. You ever see people post just those? Like that. Just laugh. I'm like, oh god, just like that. I guarantee it. Mm. But I, I do know that there are some former members out there that are still active. I don't know if any of them are listening. I don't want to be attacked by them. <laughs> but I mean, if anybody has any more information on that, I'd like to know because yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. I like that. Yeah, you went. No, you just took a really interesting route with that and kind of tied in more of the ideal. Of simulation theory, thinking of it more as like a coding versus quote unquote spiritual 
where it's all energy with the, the route that uh, I went over. I like it. You are amazing, Daniel son. Yeah. All right, let's hop into my theory. Okay. So for my theory this week, I have chosen something a little bit scary, something more paranormal. All right. We're traveling, guys. So I need everyone to hop in the Montauk chairs because we're going on a trip. Yes. I need y'all to keep the date on your time dials. Keep them the same. Keep them as today, okay? We're just going to use this to portal travel to somewhere real quick, okay? Okay. Change the location dials on your Montauk chairs to Belmiz, Spain. Belmiz, Spain, okay. All right, everyone set? Ready. And go. Phew. Okay. Is everyone all right? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Dan, did you spill something? What's that? Did you knock something over when you came in? I don't think so. My drink's still in the Montauk chair. Oh. So, I know what you're both wondering. What is that stain on the ground? And why are we standing in the middle of this empty house in the middle of the day? Mm-hmm. Well, as you may have noticed, this whole entire time travel is about this stain on the floor. Okay, just trust me here. It No, it isn't a blood mark. And if you take a closer look at it, if we walk up, we take a little closer look at it, it has a face in the stain. It's a little weird, right? Jesus? No, it's not Jesus. <laughs> Close, but not Jesus. I know I mentioned last week on our Patreon episode that uh, I did make a brand new Montauk remote that allows me to fast forward in real time. So I'm just going to use that right now, and I'm going to fast forward uh, just an hour ahead so then we can look at the stain an hour ahead, okay? So we're going to do that right now. All right, everybody okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's getting easier to do that. Yeah, it's a lot easier on the body. Okay, take a look at that stain. Take a good look at it. What do you see? I feel, are there more feminine features in this face? I mean, yeah. The, fa- the stain has changed, okay? Look, I know, isn't, I, I know this isn't that scary, but let's head back to the studio. I'll explain why the hell there is a stain there on the floor, why it looks like a face, and why it's changing, okay? So let's head back to the Montauk chair. Okay, all right. Is everybody ready to go? We all in our Montauk chairs ready? You notice that the stain has changed? You yeah, notice that, Anna? Dude, I was just going to say, the- I thought it was a glitch in the Matrix, but that thing just changed. Yeah, okay, we should probably get out of here and go. Phew, okay, is everyone all right? I gave me the chills. A little freaked out. 
Yeah, okay. All right. Well, calm down because I, I got you. I'll hold you. Come over here and sit on my lap. Okay, thank you. All right. So the story of that house that we were just in and those faces, it all started back in 1971. There was a woman named Marie Gomez Perea, and she was in her kitchen when she noticed something odd on her concrete floor, just like we did. Okay. At first, she thought it was just a stain seeping up through her slab, which, I mean, it makes sense, right? But when she got closer to the stain, she noticed that the stain had an image of a face inside of it, just like the first one that we saw. The face she described was a bearded man with piercing eyes. Of course, just like us, she thought it was super weird. So she went and got some cleaning supplies to scrub it away. But whenever she came back, the face had moved, which kind of freaked her out even more. So she started scrubbing it, started scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing. Face wouldn't go away. Stain wouldn't go away. But she was still totally freaked out because the face was moving and changing. So she told her husband, Miguel, and her son, Juan, said, look, we need to remove this stain no matter what. I don't give a shit how you do it. Get this stain off this floor. They tried scrubbing it. Didn't work. So Miguel said to his son, Juan, said, look, let's take a pickaxe after this floor since it's concrete. Completely remove it and replace the flooring. They were like, okay. Wife was fine with it. They pull the floor up. They replace it completely. And everything was okay. I mean, until a few days later. The image of the bearded man returned on their floor. Okay. Now, this started a cycle of Miguel and Juan removing and replacing the flooring over five times. And every single time, the face would return. Now, could you imagine how fucking pissed off they must have been? Oh, I mean, that, I, I bet them two went from being like a little scared to about like the third time. They're like, I'm so fucking I'm so pissed off at this fucking stain. I'm so mad at it. I know I would be. It probably uh, drained or uh, fed off of that energy, too. Yeah, exactly. So word started to spread around in that small town about the face and the multiple faces appearing on the concrete. People started visiting the house to see the faces. Eventually, even the mayor came to that house and he labeled it the House of Faces. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he could came up with a better name than that. So word spread so far within that year that people from all over Spain and parts of the world started visiting that house to see the face and the different faces that appeared. And the house became a full-on tourist attraction. Even while the family still lived there, they turned it into a tourist attraction. Eventually, Maria became more and more disturbed of the faces. And she was telling people that she was even having dreams of the faces at nighttime. And it really started to freak her out. So she said, the tourist attraction was enough. I don't want to have anything more to do with it. Remove the floor again, and we're going to dig up underneath it. Now, this is where it gets very odd. I mean, it's weird to begin with, but this is where it gets really odd. So strap in. So with the floor removed completely, the family decided to dig under that spot in the house. At 10 feet, or 3 meters, below the surface, the family found several skeletons. The skeletons were over 700 years old. And get this. They were all without heads. What? 
So the family decided to remove the skeletons and give them a proper burial and ceremony, which, I mean, it was the proper thing to do, in my opinion. So Maria, she was relieved. You know, skeletons are gone. The curse is probably gone. And she told him, go ahead and reconcrete the floor. She was certain that things would turn back to normal, but they didn't. Within two weeks of the flooring being reinstalled, an image returned. However, it was a completely different image than before. It was a face that they've never seen. A face would appear in the morning, and by the evening, a new one would replace it, one they've never seen before. The family said that the haunting in the home had intensified tremendously. So the, the, Maria said, look, enough's enough. Let's bring in some journalists, some students, some experts, anyone that could help solve this mystery. So multiple tests were carried out as faces continued to appear. One of the notable tests that I'll mention is the craziest one, in my opinion. So this German television crew and a whole bunch of several witnesses decided to cover the kitchen floor completely and seal it off from anyone going in there. They set up a 24-hour surveillance system to chronicle and monitor everything that was going on in the home to make sure nobody went into the house and messed with the covering. For three months, no one stepped foot on that floor and no one even moved that cover at all. After three months, that television crew removed the covers and new faces were on the concrete. New ones that were different from before. Oh my God. So they just need to put a camera up there and they'll be fine. That's what they did. They put up a 24-hour surveillance camera. That's what I'm saying. Instead of breaking the floor up, replacing it like they did in the past, just put a fucking camera up, leave it there, solved your problem. Faces reappeared. Wait, I thought you said that they had it covered for three months. Yeah. And then once they took the cameras down and uncovered it, the faces reappeared. They kept the cameras on it. And then after three months, they wanted to make sure that no one was going inside there and redrawing the faces or cleaning it and re-putting faces. So when they covered it up, it had a one set of faces. And then after three months, after chronicling it 24-7 for three months, they uncovered it and it was different faces on there. So they were like, that's proof that it's not anybody going inside there and changing it. Okay, I got you now. Yeah. So these faces continued throughout the years, and eventually in 2004, Maria died. However, since her death, many people obviously still continue to visit the house, and they all say that faces continue to appear and change. So there's a couple theories. One of the theories is that there's a Dr. Hans Bender, that's his real name, Hans Bender, Nice. He is a leading expert of parapsychology, and he traveled to the home and was quoted saying that this is the most important paranormal case of the century. Now, he has an interesting theory about this whole thing. He says that Maria herself was the cause of the images, not purposely, but through something that he calls thoughtography which is a like psychokinetic ability to project an image onto a surface either deliberately or unintentionally. So he was thinking that she had some like superpowers. But here's the thing. After she passed away, it kept happening, which kind of debunks that theory. Another theory is that it was all a hoax by Maria to help her earn money and help boost visitors to the city. Now, same thing with this one. After Maria left, or after Maria passed away, the faces were still coming. 
so the third and last one, something weird, it's not really a theory, it was something weird that I found, was that a lot of people who were doing the studies on this while Maria was alive were stated that the current expressions of the faces in the floor were very similar to Maria's face, which kind of made me think about this theory, okay? What if Maria was projecting that into the house, but it wasn't her doing it intentionally? It was the house being possessed by something else, and these entities were making her project that on it, but when she passed away, this house trapped the souls of the one who passed away in it, and they are a medium to get individuals to say, don't pass away inside here, otherwise your soul will be trapped. To scare people away from this house. I don't know. Just a thought. I have images of the pictures if y'all want to see them. I do, actually. I'm interested. I was thinking, do you think that this might have all started? Because you said that they found three bodies underneath and they were headless. They found multiple bodies that were skeletons that were 700 years old that were all headless. Right. So what if... The people that were buried there were beheaded on right there. And the impressions are their faces as their heads lie in their own blood. And they, they're stuck. Yes, like maybe the house has kept their souls there, but they're stuck there because of that. Like a horrific death that's tied them to that now. That is a good possibility. You see uh, the pictures that I linked? So I'll link these pictures under Theories of the Third Kind. You can click on this episode, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you can see the pictures that we linked up. Dude, so the middle picture that you sent, the very, the very bottom, or the last picture on it, the one that has the three faces, that looks like a mother and a child with like some demon coming after them. It the does. way that face looks. Some of these look like aliens a little bit, don't you think? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's my theory. I thought it was interesting, you know. Dude, I'm just looking at these pictures and thinking, I don't know what I would do if I saw these show up on my floor. And the fact that they kept coming back. <laughs> yeah. That first one is just so realistic. Like It looks like it could have been a painting um, or someone took a picture or painted it or something back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I thought it was a good theory. I thought it was a good one for thir- Theories Thursday. We haven't done that many paranormal stuff, so I figured I'd dip my toes in, in that just a little bit to give everybody just a nice little teaser you know so definitely you did awesome Thank taught you. me something new today so i guess we move on to voicemails you guys good with that yeah all right so for voicemails this week we have three of them the first one is from gracie and we're gonna play that right now hi guys i'm from louisiana and i just wanted to leave the voicemail because well a few reasons that sounded so mean. I don't know why. Anyway, first I want to apologize that you guys have to listen to my voice. It sucks. It's weird. I don't know why. I can't really change it. Anyway, um, I wanted to first tell you guys that I think, Anna, you're amazing. Well, yeah, you probably know that. Anyway, I think you're the best possible add-on to the show because you just really, you're like, the icing on the cake for the show it was already fun and awesome to listen to before but now with you in it like I want to listen to it like the second the new episodes come out because 
you just really bring that like extra spark that makes stuff special, I guess. And your humor, I think that the research and the stuff you believe in, I feel like I just really agree with it. And it's nice to listen to. Um, you other guys, Aaron, Danielson, I think you're both amazing. You both have wonderful humor. That's probably what makes the show so special to me because not only does it have great research and theories that you guys bring, but you know, you have such a nice, like, humble air about you. I don't know. I just want to tell you guys that I love you and I appreciate all the work you do. Bye. Thank you, Gracie. We love you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> when I heard that voicemail, it definitely it made me feel very special. Um, I super duper duper appreciate those words. Um, honestly, for one, your voice, I feel like that's what mine sounds like. You feel, you sound completely fine. Don't worry about your voice. People shit talk mine on here, <clears throat> but we can't change it. This is what we were born with. So fuck all y'all that tell me that I sound like I'm falling asleep, okay? Because I can't change this. <laughs> uh, but if you like, I could bring it to a whole nother level. <laughs> brought to you by Anna. <laughs> but really, though, Gracie, I love you. That was seriously the sweetest message. And I do feel like I came into this with the, like, we meshed in so well. We appreciate that you feel that humbleness in us because we're just friends hanging out having a conversation and trying to help others see the world in another way. Just let you not live the life day to day. Question. Thank you so much, Gracie. Yes. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you. Thank you. Much love. All right. The next voicemail is from Leanne. So we're going to play that one right now. What's up, theories of the third kind? My name is Leanne. I live in Pennsylvania and I... Love your show. I am currently on my lunch break, so I don't have much time, but I listen to you guys during while I'm working. And I'm in the middle of the Thoughts and Theories Thursday that was released today about um, where on it is speculating about what if we're not from here. And I can't help but going back to in my mind, I think it was last season where Danielson, I believe, brought up the RH negative versus the RH positive um, genetic topic. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's very interesting because scientists don't really know where the positive gene came from and thought that the RH negative people would be the general population and that would most people would not have it. And it's interesting now that that they are the minority and we're the majority. And I just think that if we did come over from Venus, it's it's fun to entertain. There has to be some correlation, right? I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, you guys are awesome. Bigfoot 2020. Rock on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bigfoot 2020, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, the the us having different DNA, DNA that whole RH negative thing that you mentioned, Dan, that fits right into the theory that of honest. It does. And what you guys did say, if I remember correctly, that uh, they believe it originated in Europe. And that would further enhance my theory of being part alien, with my mom being from there. That would, yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I'll save that for another episode. 
I've talked enough for everyone for the next three weeks. No, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. But thank you, Leanne, for the voicemail. We love you, and thank you for all the support and everything. And I hope it's good up there in Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, true, Darren. You can actually say down there in Pennsylvania now. Yeah. Oh now yeah, you can. Down is good. All good down there, Bob. Hey, that Bob. It's good down there, Bob. <laughs> Go steal. God love that Pennsylvania love. I'll always be a Pittsburghian at heart. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the voicemail. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This next one comes from Rev Rev from India. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I love you. And we're going to play that right now. Hey guys, this is Ravina all the way from India. I just wanted to let you guys know that you guys have helped me in a really bad mental state. Like I lost my boyfriend a few days ago and uh, I was in a really, really dark space. And I found comfort in your uh, podcast. It has really helped me a lot. And because of this lockdown and quarantine, I have, you know, not been able to express myself to any of my close ones. I, I was closed up for listening to your podcast. I don't know why it gave me comfort. Just thanks. Can I ask if when she said she lost a boyfriend, her boyfriend passed away, or they split up? Because I don't, I, I don't want to sound in, sound insensitive to my with, with a response. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know which one she meant either. All right. So I'm just gonna leave that in there, and I'm just gonna be straight up because I'm sure you're, you're probably listening. If your boyfriend passed away, I am so sorry about that. It means a lot that you found comfort in us. I'm glad you could find comfort in us. I'm glad we were there for you. If you need anyone to talk to or anything, you can always reach out to us so you know how to get a hold of us on any of the social medias, on emails. Um, you know, we'll, we're there for you if you need anything, so give us a shout. Now, if your boyfriend broke up with you, is like, what, 3.5, I honestly don't even want to say this because I, if, if her boyfriend did pass away, this is going to sound really insensitive. Oh, this is tough. Yeah, I'll I think it. I'm going to let... You could say it is... It is never easy to lose someone that we love. Yeah, it is never easy to lose. Well said. I'm just going to leave that in because it's never easy to lose someone that you love. And Anna said it perfectly. And I just want to let you know that we're here for you and that we love you. And you are, in fact, in India because those horns, you will never forget those horns if you visit India. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Yep. Just so you know, I recently lost someone I love too. We separated went our own ways. It has been tough. But I've also found comfort in the show. It has helped me get through it. I would say it kept me distracted. But also, I enjoyed doing this and hearing from all our listeners. So pretty much, thank you for listening, because y'all have comforted me to help me move forward as well. Damn, Dan, you're going to make me cry over here. <laughs> uh, that's what I envision us to be. I want us to be a family. I want you to feel like you can reach out to your fellow third kinder. And they will be there for you. We just want you all to feel the love that we feel for you as well. And know that we are all together in this. And reach out to each other. Have fun uh, listen parties when the corona's done. Do some vi virtual gatherings where you guys all get, to get, to you get together, listen to the latest episode of Theories of the Third Kind, and I'll discuss it. And be able to create your own theories and topics. And then you could tell us. And we could be a part of that with you. I like that. 
coming in with the good stuff. Man, right. I yeah. think I've drained a lot of my my brain's <laughs> juice in the last so, two weeks. So uh, we are probably not going to have time for ratings and reviews. Do you want to move into next week? The 10 we read off? Or do you want to see if we can fit them? I don't know if we can fit them. I don't think we will. I don't think we'll be able to either. And you could... So I apologize to everybody because <laughs> it is solely it, it is solely my fault that I am unable to allow us to do reviews today. You guys, I'm really sorry. Again, just like, I mean, at the end of each month, we start running out of hosting space until the following month, the first of the month. So we ran out of space to do ratings and reviews, so we're going to do shout-outs real quick and then roll it up. But I just wanted to thank everyone for their support and for their love and for their continued support and love, and that I love you all. And next week, we're going to be doing ratings and reviews, so I apologize. So y'all have any shout-outs you want to give before we roll this up? We got a voicemail earlier from Leanne. Um I wanted to shout her out. Uh, just, honestly, I love our conversation on Twitter. We are very like-minded, and I appreciate having that conversation with you. Um, and then I met uh, Jacqueline Cruz from Facebook. Dan, you told me about her. She's been awesome to talk to. I've been kind of busy and haven't been able to get back to her as much. Um, but I promise I'm going to get there. You're awesome. I love you guys. Thank you so much. appreciate you. What about you, Dan? You got any shout-outs? Pretty much... I'm going to shout out to everybody on Facebook that's been commenting and all that. Oh, the Facebook's been on fire, man. Yes. I've been having a blast interacting with everyone. You know, and there's some comments I haven't replied to. I am still getting to them. I'm trying to be very active on there. I enjoy everything everybody says. So I will say that I am the one that replies to most of the stuff on Facebook. So if anybody has anything to ask, I will be on Facebook. Nice. And I'll be on Instagram. And I'm slowly building up that Twitter. I know Twitter's not a great platform, you guys. I didn't have it before. But come on and show me some love. <laughs> I, there's pictures of cats on there. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. With all that being said, I want to thank you for joining us today. If you want to find us, you can go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com. There you can find shirts and merchandise. And also you can find a link to our Patreon if you aren't signed up for five bucks a month. For only 16 cents a day, you can join and become a third kinder. Anyways, I love you all, and Dan and Anna, would you like to roll us out? Of course. All right, guys, it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone. <laughs>